we are live. Well, that was quick. Hey, so good, good afternoon, I guess. What time? What time? Yeah, it's not even 12 yet, so I'm a little early. So I'll stall for people who are coming 12. And uh, okay, here I am. Yes. So welcome. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited. Hey, we got another great show talking about the future of work. Now, when I started recruiting a long time ago, years ago, over 20, to about 20, almost 25 years, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I was like in elementary school when I started recruiting, right? You're saying, how can, how can you possibly be recruiting that you know, long when you're so young and dynamic? <laughs> no. So I've been recruiting a long time. And when I first started recruiting, if I had a resume and I share that resume and the person maybe was at their, his or her job for a year, two years or three years, my boss would say like, what are you doing? You get, get that resume out of here. That person doesn't have any stability. They've moved. They've only been there three years or four years. And I was thinking, you know, as a young recruit, well, what difference does that make? But it was, it was, it was, it was much different. Back then, back then, it was a big deal. You know, you had to be at a company and stay at a company for a long period of time. Think about your parents or your grandparents. You know, they would go to a company, stay there probably their whole career, or maybe they'd be at two companies. Now, fast forward, you're going to have two, three, four, five careers over your lifetime. And with each career, you probably have two or three different jobs. Now, lately, there's this big trend of the great resignation. And I'm sure everybody's heard of it at Nauseam by now. The great resignation is basically saying so many people post pandemic, well, I guess we're back in the pandemic with this Delta variant that they want to reinvent themselves, pivot, go to, you know, try different things, which is good, which is healthy. But the narrative is really almost like say, F you to your boss and get out of there and I'm gone. I'm leaving. Goodbye. We've all seen signs from like Burger King. We all quit. You know, you'll see postings where people are telling off their bosses, you know, we're out of here. Heck with you. Now, that all sounds great in the moment where you feel that little bit of victory. You know, I'm out of here. But what I'd like to talk about today is that the future of work is most likely you're gonna switch jobs a lot. It's become very commonplace and acceptable. So as I mentioned, when I first started recruiting, if someone was there for only a year or so, it would be like, what are you doing? Now it's fine. It's more acceptable. So given that, given that you're gonna have different jobs, different careers, I want to help you to understand how you could gracefully and classily, that's a word, tender your resignation without burning any bridges. Now, you may think, well, I'll just, I'll just resign. If you haven't done that, it's not an easy thing. In fact, I'd argue it's a, it's a really uncomfortable thing. So let me walk you through, because this is going to happen. I would say whether you're a uh, uh, Gen Z, a millennial, a Gen X, or even a baby boomer. 
if you go in, if you haven't resigned before, or even if you have, you kind of need a refresher or some new information of what to do and how to do it. Because it's one of those things that seems easy, easier said than done. But like a lot of things, they're pitfalls. So let's say, let's just take it for the first thing. Before you resign, don't fall into this trap of, you know what? I hate my job. I hate my boss. I'm out of here. You got to give it a lot of thought. You got to give it a lot of care, a lot of attention, really think it through. You don't want to make a rash decision. And I'll tell you why. A couple of reasons. One, if you make a rash decision, you're going to find yourself, huh, I'm in between jobs. And let's presume for the sake of conversation that you're a white collar you know, professional. It's not easy finding a job, even if you, know, you hear all this about a hot job market. Even if it's a hot job market, it's not perfect. So that when you interview, you, or you may not have interviews right away. Now let's take the summer. Summers are usually slow. Pandemic summers are even slower. There's talk about the Delta variant. Now you think about it, if there's a kind of a worry that the CDC is now recommending wearing masks indoors, do you think companies are gonna be aggressively hiring people or they're gonna wait and see, before we hire, let's see what's happening. You know, let's find out what's going on. Are we gonna have a hybrid or maybe we just have to have everyone remote now and everyone stays home. So before they hire, they wanna really get the lay of the land. You follow me on that? So, so there's gonna be these twists and turns that's not so easy. Let's say also you leave in, you know, you just leave in a huff. When you go an interview, you have to explain that all the time. And the hiring manager is going to question your judgment. They're going to think you're impulsive. If you want to negotiate, you don't have anything to fall back on. So this isn't really about, you know, the great resignation, but I just want to plant the seeds of before you do anything, think it through. And you may think this is crazy coming from a recruiter, because as you can imagine, you know, I make my money if someone leaves and tries to find a new job. So this goes against my own best interest. But to me, it's important that I share all this stuff. And in, in large part, because of living this for so long, I kind of see the inside scoop of how it plays out. And I want to share with you. So you, you avoid making these mistakes and pitfalls because you might hear from the media or your friends or family or commonly held things like, hey, do X. And where I'm going to say, wait, wait, after all these years, I've learned, don't do that at all. That's a bad thing to do. So don't leave impulsively. Think it through, decide, hey, here's the merits why I want to leave. Best is you leave if you have a job in hand. That's the best case option. Line up a job before you quit. Look around, play the game, be the loyal employee, do everything the right way. You know, Make it look like you're, you're the best. You're going to stay there forever while covertly looking for a new job, speaking to recruiters, speaking to HR people, tapping your network. And then when you land a job, then that's fine. Then you go. Now, here's where it gets, gets a little awkward. You have to go to your boss and say, hey boss, hey, how you doing? You all right, everything good? Well, we got to talk. It's almost like a relationship, you know? It's that we have to have a talk. And then when you say that, they kind of maybe know. And even though you've been searching for a new job under covers, the odds are high that they kind of know. Not necessarily, but sometimes they get a vibe. 
or maybe you confide in a friend who kind of, you know, one of the people who can't shut their mouths and kind of incidentally tell somebody who tells somebody he gets around. So they may not, they may know, but they may not know. You set up a meeting with your boss, you set up a meeting. And during this meeting, it's like, you just want to rip off the bandaid. And when I mean rip off the bandaid, it's going to be uncomfortable because now picture this, you're sitting across the table from your boss, soon to be former boss. And if you're a nice person, you don't want to hurt his or her feelings. You don't want to make them feel bad. You don't want to use this as a time to just dump everything that you've been angry about and upset about because it's, it's, it's not the classy way to go. So you tell the person, hey, and, and, and you could kind of use this. You could plagiarize everything I'm saying here. It's okay. So what you want to do is say something to the effect of, you know, hey, boss, I'd just like to let you know I received an offer. I accepted it. And I'd like to tender my resignation. The boss is probably going to be a little perturbed. What's running through his or her mind now is a whole bunch of different things. That SOB, I treated him so well, and now you're leaving me, and you're leaving me in the summer when you know I have a vacation planned. Now I got to go hire someone new. It's going to take a long time. You know we're tight in terms of finances. We may not have the budget to replace you. That's going through his or her mind. Doesn't make that a bad person. They're just looking at their own self-interest. Then, so what you want to do is make sure that you're sensitive to that. So you say, hey boss, I'll gladly give you know two weeks. If you need me to help out, I'll stay a little longer. Plus, once I go to the new company, my phone is always there for you. If you ever have any questions, you need, ever need any help, you need to know where a file is, call me anytime. I wanna make sure that there's an orderly transition and everything works well for you. So what does that achieve? It calms the person down. So they're like, okay, okay. You know what? They're not leaving tomorrow. I got two weeks, maybe three weeks, maybe even four weeks. That might be enough to get the search started, maybe find somebody, make sure we get everything that Jack worked on to hand over. So now that that person's relaxing, add to this. Because then they're going to start thinking, huh, how long has this been going on? Again, kind of similar to a relationship. Has he been looking this whole time? So every time I thought we had this nice conversation and we talked about whatever, never brought it up. So there's a little resentment brew. So here's what you say. You say something to the fact, and maybe this is accurate, maybe it's not, you know, everyone's gonna have their own, you know, specific things. But you say something to the effect of, hey boss, I wasn't actively looking. I, I really appreciate everything you've done for me over the years. I've learned so much. I, I can't tell you how much my career progressed under your tutelage. You know, I look at you as a mentor, um, as a friend, as, as someone I've learned from, and, and I'm so appreciative. I've learned so much and I would not be where I am if it wasn't for you. So I just want to say thank you so much. And I haven't been kind of, I haven't been actively looking. What happened is someone knew of me, suggested that the company get in contact. I had a quick conversation because I heard of the company um, by a couple 
degrees of separation. I know the person that they were talking about who's doing the hiring. So I thought, well, yeah, conversation. You know, it's, it was, it's a pandemic time. I've been home, kind of bored. Why not take a call? And before you know it, that call went to a couple more Zoom calls. And then in just quick succession, before you know it, they gave me an offer. And it was a great offer. So I haven't been going behind your back looking. This thing kind of fell into my lap. So I hope you appreciate that. And I hope you're happy for me because it has nothing to do with you, the company. I love it. I appreciate, I cherish all the time here. I just hope that you wish me luck. And as I mentioned, I'll be there for you to help you as you're trying to find a replacement, as you're trying to see whatever things have to get done or whatever information I have that I could kind of keep in touch with you. I'll do that. So by doing that, what happens is that you make the, the boss feel comfortable. You know, you, you're like, you're not running out the door. You're not doing that rage quit. You're not doing this dramatic, I'm out of here. No, you, you wanna do it with style, with dignity. Now, I know mo a lot of you who are watching this are saying, I can't do that because I'm really ticked off at my boss. I hate my company, I hate this. It's true, but you gotta play the game. It's unfortunate to say that, but that's how things are. You know, life, work, a lot of it is games. And we can pretend it's not, but it is. So if you don't play the game, and what I mean by don't playing the game is that you use this as a way to just strike back. I'm leaving because you did this and you did that and this happened. And, you know, I can't wait to get out of here. And, and then you kind of, point to your coworkers and you say how bad some of your coworkers are, you point to the different managers and say how bad they are and you get it all, you wanna get it off your chest and then you feel like great and you tell your family friends, you, have, you should have seen me, I really let them have it. But what good is that gonna do? You'll feel good for a moment or two, but then what happens? What happens when you go for another job or even for this new job and they ask for a reference? Now, a lot of companies, when you ask for reference now, because everyone's afraid of litigation risks, they'll just get the start and end dates. But you want people to do more than that. You want people to say, and I would do this, I do this all the time, even if they call for just start dates, I would say, hey, you know, um, you know, Richard was fantastic. He was great. Here's what he did. Here's his accomplishments. And I give kind of even if they didn't ask for reference, I'd gladly give it to me because I feel strongly about a person and I want them to succeed. I want them going into the new company for them to say, wow, that was very gracious of Jack to say that. Person must've been really good and boy, so we're lucky that we found this person. So the key is you wanna, you wanna play that game. You wanna have that. So when they ask for a reference down the road, you don't have to worry like, oh no, I can't use this company as a reference because I kind of just, you know, I ended it really badly. So you're cutting off your nose despite your face. You don't, there's no need for that. So you want to make it that when you leave, you could have them as a reference. They're going to say really good things about you. You're going to keep a you know, relationship. And as I said at the beginning of the conversation, throughout your career, you're going to have a lot of different jobs. That seems the way the future is going. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong or it should be. The way things are accelerated with technology, let's take a place like New York where jobs are being sent 
to other, other low-cost cities, states, countries, things move really quickly. So the odds are you're going to have a few jobs and you might run into the same people at the company you left with the new company or the new company knows people at the old company. And why do you want a risk of people talking badly about you in the way you handle leaving? The same holds true when you have an HR exit interview. This isn't, doesn't happen all the time, but if they call you in and it says HR wants to talk to you, play the game once again. Don't fall into the trap. They may goad you to find out. They may go to see, so what's going on there? You're the third person who left. Can you tell us more? How was your manager? You know, how did, how did he manage you? Was he okay? Did he say anything, do anything? Because we've heard some things. How about the coworkers, this per coworker, that coworker? What, what about these coworkers? Nope. I enjoyed my time here. I've learned so much. This has been a great work experience. I would never trade it for anything. I've learned so much. I'm so grateful and appreciated of everything and all the time and effort my manager gave to me. My coworkers were fantastic. Um, I hope to keep in touch with everybody for the rest of my career. So don't fall into that where they're kind of digging for information. And I'm not even saying they're bad people for digging. That's their job. They should do that. They should dig for that because you want to find out. Um, like, I don't know if you've seen recently, like with Activision, I don't know enough about it. So I don't quote me on this. could be correct. It seems that I'm noticing on Twitter where people say, hey, there are just some really inappropriate activities going on. So it does make sense for companies to kind of, for the HR to really flesh out and say, hey, is there, is there something that we should be aware of? So they, they have a legit reason to do it, but it's so easy. It's so easy, especially if you're a little discouraged, a little unhappy, you feel maybe you didn't get the raises you should, the promotions you should, the bonuses. It's very easy then to, to kind of lash out. So easy, so easy. You gotta be strong, be polite, be professional because it, you're, you're playing the long game. The long game is your career might go another 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And you don't, you don't wanna make enemies for the sake of making enemies. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> you don't have to worry. You don't wanna to have to worry. It's like, oh no, Bob from accounting in my old place is now coming here. Uh, and you gotta worry, like he's gonna say, oh, that guy, Jack, when he left, you gotta hear what he said. You just want people to say good things about you. Second part, second part, part number two, the counter offer. This is something you have to watch out for. Let's take now where probably July, I have no idea what it is, the 28th. Oh my God, it's the 20th. I'm just looking down my, you know, my computer at the time, the 28th. So your manager is gonna think, as I mentioned before, oh my gosh, Jack's leaving. <coughs> Excuse me, it's the end of July. We're pretty much in August. Oh, I got a vacation. My kids are excited about this vacation to Disney. Then you start to think, they think about who else in the office is going away on vacation. You're like, ah, oh, now I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta start recruiting. I don't wanna recruit. And 
We're dealing with this new CDC guidelines, we're masks, so companies aren't sure what to do. They might not even have the job rec open. They may say, if Jack leaves, there's no replacing Jack because they have to worry about, wait, we were all ready to do a hybrid in the office three days a week, at home two days a week. Now, we don't know, it might be all remote. And what do you think companies gonna do when there's uncertainty? It's easier not to hire. So now your manager's freaking out. What if we can't hire? What if we can't hire someone as good as Jack? What if we have to hire, but now we have to pay more money, we don't have the budget? Those thoughts are all going through. So you'll probably hear, if, if, you're, if you're from a C plus and higher, you're gonna then hear the, hey, Jack, what can we do to make you stay? We love you. I can't, you know, I'm shocked that you're leaving. We had, you'll hear stuff. It's, it's totally like a relationship breaking up. I can't believe you're leaving. We, I thought we had something special. We had big plans for you. you know, we were talking about a promotion and a raise and we were gonna give you a huge bonus and you're gonna get your own office and a new title. Now you're thinking, hmm, is this for real? It's like, you know, playing cards. Is it, are they bluffing or is it real? Do they really feel that way? And then you start thinking, well, if you felt this way, why are you telling me now as I'm tendering my resignation, instead of telling me six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, you had plenty of time to let me know how awesome I was and to show it in terms of the compensation, in terms of raises, bonuses, titles, but now you're doing it. So they're going to kind of put that pressure on. Then they say, okay, just, can I ask you, can I ask you, can I ask you, just, just think about it. Don't make any decisions yet. Can, can you, can you just hold off? Can you just give me a day or two? And then it's, once again, it's very easy to say, all right, but here's what happens. And you say, all right, they're going to go to the big bosses and they're going to tell their big bosses, hey, we can't lose Jack. You know, I mean, he's really underpaid. And we had a bargain with him. So if we go out to the market to find someone new, we're gonna have to pay another 30 grand. And with everything going on, can we even afford that? Well, can we even replace him? So what do we do? Then the boss will say, how can, why would he leave? I don't get it. We're so awesome. We're so great. Well, I, 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 in fact, let him leave, heck with him. And then the other boss will say, hey, let's do this, you know? It's, it's, it's almost, it's half year. We're gonna give probably a raise in uh, January and the bonus, let's just give it to him now. And, and then, yeah, I'll take it. So they're gonna try, you like those really bad impressions? So, so what'll happen is this, they're, they're gonna put that pressure on because they realize not so much because they love you, but, and they may, they actually really may, but because they feel, what are the alternatives? If you have to go out and recruit for three to six months, that's not a lot of fun. It costs a lot of time and using a recruiter, a lot of money. It could be that they can't replace because they don't have the budget. Or it's just easier to throw some money and say, here you go. You know, they offered you 200,000, we'll give you 210,000 because they'll figure they are planning a little bit. You know, you're probably gonna get an increase anyway and a bonus increase anyway, so we'll give it now. And, I, like, and then what happens, you might think, well, all right, well, you know what? They did raise my base and they, you know, 
promised me this, that, the other thing. Yeah. Here, here's the reality. Could they honor all their agreements? Yes. Have people in the past honored those agreements and said, hey, yeah, we'll give you more. And we're really sorry we did have plans. And now here's your new title. Here's your new this, that, the other. Can that happen? Yeah. Does it happen often? Hmm, not so much. What happens more often than not is this. If you stay and take the counter offer, they'll be all chummy chummy with you for the first week or two. Hey, Jack, how you doing? Hey, you want to go for a beer? Hey, Jack, we'll get Starbucks. You want me to pick you up a coffee? Yeah, and you like it with, you like the Frappuccino with Carmel? With uh, no, I don't. I don't drink Starbucks. I drink Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what I meant. Dunkin' Donuts. Sure. So they're going to try to be your buddy for a while because they just want to make sure you stay, that you don't have a second doubt and then you just leave anyway. So they're going to be really nice. Time goes by, right? Week, two weeks, three weeks go by. Now everything goes back to where it was. No promotion, no raise, no nothing. But what happens is they start looking at you as a mercenary. Their whole mindset is going to shift. It's going to go from, oh, please stay, please, 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 don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go, to, you know, that, you know, I'm thinking about it. He really put us over a barrel. That was really rude of him. He knew we were going through a tough time and he was extorting us for, you know, a promotion and a raise. And you know, that doesn't sit well with me. You know, that's really rude on his part. I mean, that's really ridiculous. You know, we did so much for this guy and then he hit us up for like an extra 10, 15, 20 grand. You know, I don't know. So all of a sudden, all that goodwill, all that niceness is all over. Is done. So not only is done, but now they have a bad taste in their mouth. Every time you might come in late, every time there's like a Zoom call that you're kind of not there right away, you leave work early, you're legitimately sick, they're going to think, you know, is this guy looking again? What's up with him? We already gave him a raise. What the heck else does he want? So the whole mood shifts. Now you're the bad guy. And everything you do is held under a microscope. And is anybody who's worked for two minutes realize you don't want to be on a microscope where everything you do, they're questioning and they're wondering why. And they're always like looking, hmm, what is he up to? No. So then what happens? You start feeling the discomfort. You're like, wow, why didn't I take that job? And then maybe you can call back the company and say, hey, listen, and I've seen this happen, where they'll call the company and say, hey, listen, I took the counter. I know you suggested not to take a counter. I did. It was a bad mistake. Is the job still open? Once in a while it is, but rarely. Because by then, probably they found somebody. Or they just feel uncomfortable with this whole situation. You know, Because then they're going to be scared. Hmm, is he really going to come, or is he going to stay again? I'll get another. Or maybe, because they'll think you're just doing this to get another counter offer. Because people do that. Believe it or not, that happens. Kind of get an offer just to go back to their bosses and get a counteroffer, which is maybe uh, another, another LinkedIn Live we could talk about some of these things, games that people play. And people do that work sometimes. Some people are way better at getting jobs than they are doing their jobs. I bet you know a bunch like that, that they're, 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 they stay with every, a job like every just one or two years because 
eventually they found out that they're not really good and they move to the next one, but they're really good at selling themselves so they can get these new jobs. So what happens now is like, what do I do? I feel uncomfortable. I feel that they're scrutinizing my every move. They don't trust me. They don't like me. My days are numbered. I didn't get the promotion. You know, I did get a little bit of a raise, but not everything they promised. When they talked about a bonus, I didn't realize I'll get a bonus, but it's not paid now. It's going to pay a year from now. And then I don't get the whole bonus. I get a little bit next year, a little bit the year after, year after. And, and they kind of conned me. They took advantage. Now you have to scramble to leave. But when you're scrambling to leave, that's not the best time to look for a job because you're angry, you're ticked off, you're frustrated, you're doing it under the gun. You won't get a, you likely won't get a recommendation from your company because you're having all these bad feelings. So the odds are you'll get it, you'll take the first job you get because you just want to get away. So you take that first job and the chances are it's lower than the job you had and far lower than the job you could have had somewhere else. So now you're taking a lesser job, you might even taking a hit in terms of compensation just to get the heck out of there. Now you're in this new job. The chances are this new job, because you jump so quickly, isn't perfect. Because think about what are the odds if you just jump really quickly, swung at the first pitch, and you're gonna hit a home run the first pitch. Could you do that? Yeah. Is it likely? Not so much. So what'll happen is that you're gonna kind of be at that new company, and the only thing you're going to care about is getting another job. So now you're going to look, you're going to look, you look. And then when you interview another company, they're like, wait, what happened? You just left, started, you've only been there for like three months. What's, what gives? Now, could they still hire you for that? Sure. Because you could spin it. Hey, I made a move. It wasn't what I thought it would be. And, you know, I thought it would be doing this, but it's doing that. So I, I figured, let me look. Could you tell your story? Sure but it's tougher, it's more awkward. So that counteroffer, could it work? Has it worked? Sometimes, but it's a really risky proposition. And let's be frank, if you already were thinking enough to leave, found a new job and presumably liked that new job, the odds are in your heart, you really wanted to make that move. So I hope this helps giving the framework. This is kind of what I, what, what I'm glad that I could do is give this kind of inside, you know, story about how it works, because we all know intellectually, you know, about interviewing, how to get a job, you know, giving notice, dealing with counteroffers intellectually, but it's different when you're in that. And I feel for placing thousands of people over the years and dealing with all sorts of iterations of how people leave and move on, that I could kind of give you some insights to avoid these pitfalls. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to be phenomenal with everything, but I think by watching these, you know, masterclass type LinkedIn lives, where you kind of learn the inside scoop of how it works, will make it better for you to navigate your career. And particularly what I see happening, as we talked about at the beginning of this, uh, you know, LinkedIn live, is that the future of work is not going to be staying with the same company year after year after year after year. It's going to be staying in a company for a while, learning gaining contacts, building your network, then saying, okay, if there's no upward mobility, next. Then doing the same thing, kind of leveling up. Okay, let me go here. Let me, let me learn something new, make more connections, make, build my network out, learn some more skills, and then kind of go on. I think that's the likelihood. I know, for, I don't want to say for a fact, but I know in terms of Gen Zs and young millennials, absolutely, they've been doing this already. 
more of the young millennials, Gen Zs are just kind of, you know, in the early 20s, just getting into the market. They've been doing this because why? They've seen what happened with their parents. They see that in 2008, the financial crisis, during the pandemic, companies just said, oh, you're, you're fired, layoffs, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. You know, and they realize, wow, my parents got really run around. I can't trust these big companies. You know, they see that jobs were sent all over the country, all over the world, how they try to keep pay down. So they're like, no, I'm going to go there. I'm going to be, hey, I'm going to be at the company for as long as it helps me. And then I'm going to move on. And I think that's part of the whole future work. So there will be a lot more resigning dealing with count offers. So I felt this makes sense to really understand how it is. I'll, I'll, I'll include my Forbes article you know, in, 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 in the comments for this so you can look at it. And once again, I want to apologize. I, as opposed to other LinkedIn's where there's a lot of dialogue back and forth with people, it's, it's, it's easier for me to just kind of stay on the narrative and not get distracted. So this way I don't go off on tangents. I can really kind of talk about, you know, the things I want to talk about without losing a step. Um, and as always, feel free to hit me up if you want to, you know, contact me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, Facebook, to ask me questions, to have a third party sounding board. So even as not like in a recruiter relationship or anything like that, but you just want to kind of kind of say, hey, listen, Jack, I have an offer of this. You have nothing to do with it, but I just want a third party opinion. Whatever it is, I'm here to help. So it's Jack Kelly, CEO, founder of the Compliance Search Group and recruiter, senior contributor Forbes. I hope you find this information valuable, informative, and at least a little entertaining, you know, so, so to, to, to give this advice and have a little fun doing it. So thank you very much for watching. Um, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all your feedback and all your comments and, and all your support. So Jack Kelly, let's go live. Jack Kelly, the future of work. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye.